Welcome back to the Esports Forever podcast. My name is Ryan Hebert alongside Jacob Schrader, delivering the latest in esports, NFT, and crypto news. Starting off today, we have League of Legends news. No surprise there. It's it's yours truly hosting the pod, so we, we got to do it. We're not talking about worlds. We'll leave that to myself and Warren on Friday. More specifically, Double Lift, a uh, very, very well-known player, former LCS. He's a little bit older now, but he's always said that he's never against coming back. But how would he come back? Well, he seems to be trying to put together a super team for the LCS next season. This could be a really cool thing to see, especially from Doublelift himself. He's an avid streamer, content creator, and uh, overall, I mean, he's one of the more legendary players next to Faker and Deft. So, you know, this this is this is a guy to bring a super team of players. If there was to be one, this is one of those players to do so. Yeah. Um, super teams. This reminds me of the NBA. Do you have an NBA comp for Doublelift to help me understand what he means to the League of Legends ecosystem? You know, I, I don't specifically have a rundown of players because uh, here, here's the problem, right? When you talk about a super team, in my mind, I assume that you're like getting some other veteran players. Problem is, esports is not like the NBA. It's not like some of these professional sports where you can grab veteran players and they can still perform at pretty high levels. A lot of the time in esports, your prime age is like 16 to 25, maybe 17 to 25 to be legally allowed to play in pro esports. It gets really tough after 25, 26, and even older for players to have the same mental capability and reflex and timing that they did when they were younger, which is yeah. why so many of the of these esports players are so young and are, are trained from a young age to play these games. So yeah. when they say super team, that could still mean that we have new and upcoming players that get brought on that we do not know about yet. That's that's the question. We don't know what super team could exist because double lift probably can't be picking up Faker and and Deft, a couple of players who just played in Worlds against each other on the two Korean teams that were at Worlds, and then also pick up a, uh, some some other great players from either let's say Europe or. Or China or Korea. I'm not saying NA because NA went three and fifteen this year at World, <laughs> so it's they're probably you're probably not looking at NA for for top tier players at the moment. Sorry, but not sorry. So yeah, I mean this is this is a pretty cool idea. 2023 season. There's still a lot of time before that kicks off, so we'll see if this actually comes to fruition. Maybe he takes more time and waits for the 2024 season. We'll have to see. Uh, I I don't know exactly, but. I thought this was relevant enough due to the fact that league has just been everywhere right now. The 2023 season is is at a at a precipice at the moment. They are preparing the game for the next season as we speak. Now that Worlds is officially over, preseason, which is the time before the official release of season 13, is coming soon, and that will allow players to get a nice preview at at what is to come before the official season actually arrives. So uh -huh. we'll see in time. Speaking I'm seeing, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm seeing Dolif is 29. I yeah. mean that's uh that's way older than the uh the cap you just mentioned, but 
in the trending articles linked to this article, I just wanted to bring it up that Lil Nas X has resigned as president of League of Legends after six weeks of partnership with Riot. Uh, interesting. I didn't know he was the president of League of Legends. Yeah, it was a marketing <laughs> ploy uh, because he wrote the uh, song for Worlds, Star Walkin. It was a pretty good song. It was. It was. It was actually kind of sick. Not gonna yeah. lie, kind of got me hyped. He's 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 a great artist, right? And yeah. so they they did a whole marketing ploy where they made him president of Riot Games for <laughs> basically the entirety of of like. The, like the finals bracket from the very beginning that's to the funny. very end so that's actually funny it was man. actually re yeah it was good it was good it, it was a good a good marketing ploy whoever whoever thought of it props to you props to you yeah. it was well done so ea up next here has officially licensed an esports platform called realm and it's launching in league of legends mm -hmm. not in na initially that's going to come in the second quarter. But in quarter one, they are releasing this esports platform with, I believe, over $100,000 in prizing. And um, it's kicking off an Apex Legends. Yeah. I've I, never heard of Realm. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 to my understanding, it's new. But also, it's run by EA. So I have very, very low standards. The bar is low. Yeah, so this is, is owned by EA, which or it's licensed. It's licensed, officially licensed. I'm on the website. It looks like they launched yesterday. Yeah, it's new. Um, this is new. That's weird. Uh, Apex Legends. I I think it's actually a good game. It's funny when I saw Realm in this title, I thought they were doing something with Realm Royale. I don't know <laughs> why, but do you remember that game? I do not. Oh no way. So no. that was made by high res the same guys who make paladins and and they're like <laughs> what they're most well known for is their horses like you know in, in some games like league of legends you can do the little boost where you, where you jump into the thing that shoots you farther into the map sure right? yeah Earth. they just have horses you ride a horse it moves you a little faster <laughs> oh but it's gosh. in all their games and it's actually like a it's really a smooth mechanic um but that that's pretty off topic um this is interesting uh does it say anything about whether this is like console integrated? Because I think Apex is a lot of console players. It is a lot of console players. I it did not officially say so, but I mean we'll see. Like uh, it's they said it's launching in Apex, so it's like okay. Like how? What are the specifics? The article is a little brief on that. A little brief. A little brief. Yeah, based so, on the website, it looks like it may actually be in the game i i that that was my understanding that it was That's actually great. inside the game not an in na initially so it's it's not mm -hmm. not here for us to try yet but at the same time like i said the bar is low for ea so they they have to just rise to their very very low set set of standards and it will be you know somewhat good that that's all i gotta say it's ea interesting it's not a sports game so you know, they, they have a lot to mess up in a, in a short amount of time. So we'll yep. see. We'll see. You know what also got messed up? Uh, so we were focusing on CSGO not too long ago here at uh, Esports Forever. Uh, we thought that we were maybe going to be hosting a CSGO tournament in the future, but 
we we decided against it uh, for a number of reasons. Well, maybe that was a good thing because uh, in in Brazil in in Rio, the IEM tournament on its final day of of play had its power cut out, power outages running rampant in Rio. And uh, you know what? Many esports tournaments around the world are actually held in Rio. Believe it or not, Pokemon is actually mm-hmm. uh, a company that goes to Rio almost every year, or Sao Paulo, uh, the, one of the two. Um, and I mean, you know, it's not a safe city, from what I've heard. So, uh, you know, I I don't know why the power was cut. I don't know why there were outages. It's I I can't say, but sucks that. You know, you have the final day of play for such a such a high stakes game, and for such a big tournament, and then you know, oh, power outage. This reminds me of the Super Bowl, like ten years ago. Power went out at halftime. Oh, I remember. I remember that. Crazy. Yeah, that was that was wild. That was wild. Um, I I I don't know. This is interesting. You Stayed think these events? Yeah, you think these events to be you know invincible right and then boom power power goes out and you're like maybe okay. it was a halloween special <laughs> ah it's a little yeah. past halloween i don't know i don't know about that that'd be a little ghouly you know I, I don't know i don't know interesting it is interesting whether there was malintent behind it or if it was just accidental we'll never yeah, know does it say if it happened in the middle of a game i assume so i mean you know Breaking final day IEM real legend stage cutoff power outage venue. I mean, they they used a bunch of buzzwords for the the URL here, but it kind of just tells you everything that you know that went on. Final day of play, you know, yeah. power outage. So, you know what? That wasn't the worst thing to happen though out of this past weekend when it comes to live streams. Uh, Tyler one highly criticizing the League of Legends world stream. And this was talked about quite a bit. And um, you know what? I, I got to say, the Pokemon company is is also at fault for this. Uh, there's there's a, a junior player who's now a senior. Um, he's a teenager now. But a couple of years ago, um, he, he, you know, the kid's got autism, but he's a really well-known player. He was on the, I want to say the EUIC or the NAIC stage for a really big tournament. He lost and then, you know, he starts breaking down and he's kind of hitting himself. And they just showed it for like a minute. And it's yeah. like, it's like, uh, production? How about, yeah. how about get off of this? You know, this is, this is not good. Not a good show whatsoever. Yeah, this, this reminds me of, like uh, it's like a month ago at this point, but when Tua Tagovailoa on the Dolphins was was so horribly injured, they showed the replay like eight times, and and I checked Twitter, and everyone was saying the same thing: we don't want to see this. You know, I don't know if that's actually the case. I don't know if 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 the the people producing these things know that when something like that is happening, they need to show it for ratings, right? As horrible as it is, uh, you know, League of Legends is a is a for profit company. This this kid, uh, he signed his his rights to be filmed when when he played in this tournament. It's horrible. I don't want to see. That. I don't want to see a kid hitting himself. No, 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 and if he's really hitting himself, that's horrible. That's that's not something you want to show for your game. Well, so that wasn't for league. That was for Pokemon. For okay, but for for league, 
it it was it was at the same level. So this support, you know, after after T one lost, right? They lose finals. This kid physically shaking, breaking down, and they just keep the camera on him. They keep showing him breaking down, and viewers felt and Tyler one especially. He's like, look, I understand if you're on him for a few seconds. But, man, it felt like the whole broadcast at the end was focused on the support who's breaking down. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah, ratings for, like, a you know, a few seconds, sure. A sad team defeated with one of the best players ever. But, my God, it just kept going. And so, yeah, you know. I'm watching when, it right now. Yeah, when you've got T1 coming at you with criticism like this, Remember, Tyler One is the ultimate League of Legends fanboy, right? That's how he started. That's who he is. When you have Tyler One on your ass telling you that you're doing something wrong, I would listen. You know, I mean that that is one of the go-to authorities for League in all aspects of streaming, playing, content, whatever. He's the guy. Does T1 is he good enough to play in Worlds? Is he on a, a He doesn't team? play he doesn't play competitive because he makes so much money streaming. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't want to be paid the pennies that the players <laughs> get on those contracts. I bet this how much the money does Faker make? You'd be surprised. Those LCS teams, like Faker's one of the best players. Tyler One definitely makes more money than Faker. I bet I bet Tyler One makes like ten times as much money as Faker. Correct. I mean, Tyler One. Tyler One has to stream. I'm contract, a fan of Tyler One, and I've never watched competitive League of Legends at all. Dude, his contract's like 200 hours a week for streaming. Like it's actually oh, insane. Wow. <laughs> yeah, if you think about that. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I, I like him a lot. I, I love the fact that, you know, this video in the article you sent, it, it shows him where his head said, I've seen videos of what his head looks like. The yes. dead he puts on yes. his head after yes. 18 hours of streaming. I think that's hilarious. I actually love him. I, I, I can't, I don't understand anything about League of Legends, but I've watched, uh, you know, the, the YouTube montages and, and the freak out clips. Oh, I have great. too. Yeah. I mean, he's hilarious. His, his favorite clip of mine is, um, he's like, it sucks. And I'm fucking addicted. Fix the game. You know, <laughs> uh, he's just like screaming into his headset. I mean, and the funniest thing is, is that he's had that same brand of headset, but that's not the same headset. Okay. That yeah. dude has wrecked monitors, headsets, mice, keyboards. I mean, that dude has fucked shit up. He really has. So it's funny. It's funny. And right now, you know, his latest location in his home, wherever he is in that apartment. Um, it's funny, you know, he's uh, he's now in like an office with closed doors. But before he had like this setup that was kind of like out in the middle of everything in the apartment. And so I have to assume that his girlfriend and or his parents or his mom or whoever else is around. Because I think people are around every now and then, you know, um, we're like, yo, put yourself in a room where. You know, you can yell and scream and stuff, and it's slightly, ever so slightly muffled, you know. But I feel like you have to understand that, like, his personality is what sells, and that's yeah. why people come to tune in. People agree, come yeah. to tune in to see him pop off, to see him relish in the win, to see him suffer in the loss, and to just experience 
the full Tyler one effect of of every of every Twitch stream. So you know what? You may lose some sleep, but Tyler's going to bring in millions of dollars for you so you can sleep better knowing that you're going to get paid. So, you know, yep. period, period. Okay, on to some NFT news. This next article talks about NFT memberships in terms of utility with gyms, fitness centers. So, you know, uh, it's been a while since we've talked about NFT utility. Look, I don't love NFTs. That, that it's just it's just what it is. However, they are a pretty good solution to memberships, to things that require a badge or a card or some type of way to prove that you have an actual membership for something. Period. That yeah. it just it is what it is. And so in this Coin Telegraph article, it talks about how gym owners are looking to bring NFTs to the forefront of gym memberships. Again, uh, I actually have an article in here from the CEO of MasterCard talking about how crypto is going to be a long way away from being like introduced to the public in a mainstream sort of way. I think that's the main thing holding this up for a gym membership as well. Unless you have an easy way for, for your local mom uh, who has a couple kids who needs to get to the gym during the day while they're at school to do a little workout, okay? If that mom can't quickly buy the membership, okay, she's not gonna she's not gonna buy it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I hope, you know, I hope too they have an easy onboarding process. What is cool that I read in this article is that they have some, you know, that they have some sort of move to earn platform that pays NFT holders currency when movement is recorded. Oh um, okay. interesting. You know, the only thing I can think of is, you know, if you're at a gym and an elliptical, you, you can run 3,000 miles and you don't move a single inch. Seems questionable. You'd have to integrate it to the machines, which would cost like a million dollars to do. You know, I think it's fine. I think it makes sense. Like, you know, an NFT for subscription is great. I actually have one or two of them. Um, it's just, it, it's tricky, right? Because... You know, are you offering a, a year-long membership as an NFT? Are you offering a forever membership as an NFT? If you're doing the forever membership, you're, you're just going to run into problems in the long term because yeah. no one's going to buy a forever membership for more than like 300 bucks, right? No one's spending $1,000 on a forever membership. At least I don't think so unless you're, you already have a, a big audience in front of you, which it doesn't sound like this guy does. Um, it, it, I don't know. It seems seems... It's a good idea, but it, it just seems questionable for the long run, like what you can offer, right? Maybe it's a, it's just, it's not a, a full club membership, but it gets you a discount on your monthly rate, right? It gets you priority towels. Who, who knows what you get priority at a gym, mm -hmm. but uh, I don't know if the, if the best usage for the, the subscription via NFTs is the actual cost of the membership. I think it's kind of a bonus program. That may be how it works best here. Yeah, you know, uh, there's a reason why there is a reason why American Airlines and and other places no longer sell a lifetime membership, right? We we always hear about these uh, former uh, deals that these airlines would run for lifetime membership tickets for hundreds of thousands of dollars. We well, talked about that on the pod. Yes, yeah, we have, and you know. Um, the, all of these companies that once offered these, yeah, they don't do that anymore. Why? Because there are people who took them up on that 
who literally dropped everything and were like, yep, this is a great deal. And guess what? They took American for all their money and more. And now American's like, oh, we regret this. We regret this highly. You know, this is not something to ever do again. They thought it'd be profitable. They thought it would be. It turned out to not to be. And yeah. uh, I think NFTs is, is sort of the same thing just a little bit. Although a lot of times NFTs, they tend to fall through on their promises. So, you know, it's 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 tough. That it's is tough. true. I think we heard about a donut shop in Miami that if you bought their NFT, you get a free donut every day. And that just seems like the easiest way to go bankrupt in the history of going bankrupt. I mean... Um, Man, those NFTs have to be pricey if that's the case. Yeah. Free you know, it well, should be something like you get a free donut if, if you buy anything other anything else. Right? If you buy a coffee, I, I think it's okay to give someone a free donut if they gave you $300 initially. But just giving away free stuff for a, a quick buck up front. First of all, that that scheme, you know, that let's call it a scheme is going to, you know, people are going to realize it's not viable for everyone um, pretty soon. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting strategy. I don't know if uh, if I'd want to do that for my business. Have you know, a hundred people up front drop me, you know, three hundred dollars or more, right, for a free daily donut? I you know I don't know. Now, if it was a yearly subscription model for the NFT, right? Let's say mm -hmm. it was a three hundred and sixty-five dollar NFT, and you got a free donut every single day for that, right? And it was kind of like, if you don't redeem it, it doesn't carry over. So it's, you know, that day you're allowed to come in and get a donut, right? So yeah. that way it wouldn't be a, you know, someone saves up 365 donuts for the last day and then comes in and goes, can I get 365 free donuts, please? Right. I, I think there's some ways to restrict and to make this like, you know, okay. I've also worked at a Dunkin' Donuts when I was a lot younger. One of my first jobs was at was at a Dunkin'. You'd be surprised at how many donuts at the end of the day, depending on where you were. Obviously, um, you could still have that. You just have to throw away. You know, it's just it's yeah. you just got to throw away the food, which I hate it. I I really hated the idea of the fact that like these huge major industries don't have some sort of like way to donate this food even though it's not the best food it really sucks that there's no good way i mean for homeless people that is the best food i mean there's nothing higher calorie than a donut uh, th there you go right but like why why are, are there not more companies you know set up in a way to provide food for people who are less fortunate well it's not you know you're not going to make money that way i guess well right? you know maybe you partner with the city right you tell new york city but hey, I've got 500 donuts every day. Pay me five cents per donut and I'll give them to your homeless people so you don't have to feed them. I mean, what? Yeah, I don't know. it'd be big. It'd be big. Anyways, back to the gym memberships because we're distracting people off of off of getting fit here. Okay. It's a pretty cool edit, uh, idea with the NFTs. Uh, obviously, we just went on a donut ramble. But uh, you get the gist. It This is a cool idea. Let's see if it can happen become more mainstream i mean look the life fitness app now wants you to pay 80 dollars a month to be able to scan a barcode okay fuck life fitness that's all i gotta say it was a free right. app now they want you to pay 80 dollars a month so that i could scan a barcode to put the accurate item into my app to track food you gotta be kidding me that's all i gotta say that's all i gotta say okay 
Up next, uh, this is a DraftKings article talking about VCon. VCon 2023, uh, the official VCon or the official event for Gary V, you know, well-known crypto, NFT, yard sale flipper, you know, uh, big business like guy. He basically, he's really good at predicting social trends and capturing attention. Anytime you see a video on Gary V, it's pretty motivational. Uh, most of his videos are saying, where is the attention of the public being held? Um, and uh, you you find out where it is and you grab onto it as much as you can. And that's what Gary does. You know, he's got people helping make videos for him, content content being pushed out like like you know, like nobody else constantly. It's Gary V. It's Gary V. Yeah. And so uh, I mean there was just a VCon, but uh there was I guess, Oh, I guess he's just doing them not a year apart. He's doing it much sooner than a year. So he's doing it in like three, four, and five months. Yeah, well, he I think he's calling the fact that it's going to be popular just like the first one. First one blew up. I think it did, actually. It was, it and the second good. one, I think it's just going to be as popular. Here's the thing. If we are to enter into an actual recession, which I think we already are, but I think we need to wait another like three to six months to see if it's actually going to be for real and kind of more sucky. How popular will this event actually be? Will consumers have the money to actually want to go to drop to spend on a con like this? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. They're going to Indianapolis, so it's like close to the center of the country. That helps. But it's still trying to fly into Indy. Like, it's not, it's not great. I did it. I, I actually drove, but... Um. Yeah, you you get the point. You get the point. It's uh. Glad not say but, that again. Uh, does it say how much tickets are? No, no, not yet. And if anything, you gotta have a, a V a V you know a Gary V NFT. Yeah, I think if you own the NFT, you get a free ticket. Yeah, I mean, which is cool. You know, he his NFT collection actually does really well. Um, well, I think V Friends Series One NFTs are like really expensive. I think. Yes, I think they're up to Series 3, but they've also got physical product now, too. Card game. Yeah, the the works, the works. He's completely profited off of off of this entire thing from the start. So he's, he's doing good. He's doing good. Okay. Department of Justice reveals a massive $3 billion crypto seizure. So uh, there's this guy who... I, I got to read this specifically because it's actually hilarious how they found this Bitcoin in this dude's house. So oh, I saw this on Instagram, actually. Yeah. So this guy had been moving Bitcoin really suspiciously in and out, in and out, in and out of different accounts to prevent from being tracked. And, you know, which I got to be honest, like, isn't the whole point of Bitcoin and crypto to like to have it be sort of, you know, up in the air to not know like who's doing what, that sort of stuff. Well, the, that did not stop the Department of Justice from figuring out, <sighs> pardon me, uh, what this guy was doing. Because I'll tell you, they end up finding 50,500 Bitcoin in total crime proceeds, as they call it, in an underground floor safe in a single board computer 
in a popcorn tin inside a bathroom closet in his Georgia home. Crazy. My God. <laughs> the levels of of like security that you're going through to online, then offline your Bitcoin onto a drive, right? And that's the crazy thing about BTC is that, you know, you can either have it online and accessible in a wallet or because I think we talked about hot and cold wallets way back. Hot wallet, I believe, is online and a cold wallet is offline. So a, a cold wallet is when somebody takes said BTC and just puts it onto a storage device. Simple. This storage device takes it off the, you know, takes it off the main network online. But you still like have that BTC. So, you know, there are people out there who back in the day purchased Bitcoin, put it onto flash drives, put it onto hard drives, and they're just sitting on a treasure trove, right? People lose these all the time and they're like, Crap, I had a thousand Bitcoin on a hard drive. And it's like, Well, you could have been rich, but you're not now, sucker. Okay. You know, um, sucks to be you, but what can you do? Well, the Department of Justice, I guess, determined that this was, you know, some sort of crime. It was it was not good. And in total, it was like $3.36 billion in in Bitcoin that was that was uh recovered. Crazy. Now it's what so, you know, it's been a while, but keep going. What they're gonna do with this money, I don't know. You know, it, it, does the U.S. government have the authority to take this and then cash it in? <laughs> how how does one cash in billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin? And with That's who? Like, yeah. where do you go for that much money? Right? It's crazy because, you know, I, I've seen like, you know, when, when cops do drug busts. I mean, obviously, they're not reselling the drugs. I guess that's a horrible example. <laughs> you know, maybe with, with marijuana in some places, it's technically legal. You can't resell that, though. That's not how it works. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they can just sell it for cash and, and walk away scot-free. If they do that, they're putting a big red candle on, on Bitcoin, right? Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. That's crazy. Imagine if they just sold all of those Bitcoin, like today. I, what would the price of Bitcoin go to? <laughs> You know, that that is a great question. I don't know. Um, I think it would be a little catastrophic, but at the same time, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I, I, I think it'd be, it'd be interesting for sure. For sure. Okay. And finally, MasterCard CEO is hopeful for the future of crypto. However, mass adoption, it's going to be a while. He says, I think on the question of regulatory compliance, on a scalable technology, and on making sure it's a predictable user experience, why is buying an NFT such a clunky experience? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, but it is. And that is why he thinks it's going to be a long time before you see you know, a MasterCard holder, such as myself or anybody else for that matter, be able to take their MasterCard and go purchase an NFT willy-nilly or go purchase some crypto just because. You know, it's it's not an easy process. Although, you know, we've been saying this for a long time, that access to this, it, it's coming. People are working on it. And I think, it's, I think it'd be a little naive of me to say right now 
It wasn't naive before. Earlier this year, when we were talking about this, it definitely was not a thing. But as the year has progressed with crypto and NFTs and stuff, I think it's probably within reach sooner or later for simple transactions to go through to buy crypto and to even buy NFTs. You know, uh, just yeah. I think it depends on the platform, where you're selling it, that sort of stuff. But I think it's it's going to go through pretty soon. Uh, major, you know, a lot of people in the finance space are talking about how major banks and institutions are going to be making a digital move towards mm -hmm. securing digital assets. And I think it is at that time where we will see a major shift in accessibility for crypto when these major banks and, and players in the financial game go, okay, we're in. So yeah. uh, everyone else has to be too. You know, Right now, I basically pay for things ninety percent of the time with Apple Pay. Exactly. And if Apple Pay had a crypto option, I mean, fuck, I would, I would, I would use that some of the time. I mean, I don't really know. Just thinking about it, I probably wouldn't. Right now, at least, right, crypto's down. Probably yeah. wouldn't spend it like crazy. But you know, USDT coin, I would spend. I don't really, I don't really understand why Stripe has not added the ability to add a crypto wallet, or why Apple Pay has not. Maybe there, there, there's it's hard for them to make money through doing that. There but are a lot of stuff because, you know, these, Apple these doesn't have a problem charging a 30 percent cut on anything they do. Yeah. But I but, think it's hard know, to implement. I think that's it. Yeah. And I don't know how popular it would be. I don't know if it would be confusing. And, you know, crypto still doesn't have the, the greatest reputation. So for a company like Apple, that's a, a big decision. Yeah. True. Um but if, if I had the ability to, to hop up Apple Pay and pay in Ethereum or pay in USDT, I would do it sometimes. I wouldn't do it every time, but that 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 would go mainstream. And there's a lot of people who would do it every time, right? Um, so I don't know. I think the MasterCard CEO is probably right. The onboarding is difficult. It's 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 just complicated technology, and there's nothing that's going to change that. Um, so I think he's right. Yeah. Well, for the time being, he may be right, but in the future, maybe not. Maybe not. Well, folks, thank you so much for watching this week's episode of Newsday Tuesday here on the Esports Forever podcast. Thank you to Jacob for hopping on with us this week once again. Uh, it is now time for us to hop off. If you enjoyed watching this video, be sure to subscribe. Give us follow, comment, like, follow us on our listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and more. Until next time, my friends, we out.